Hello and welcome to Teacher Needs a Drink podcast. I am your I am Elvis, your host, and I'm here to let you know that this is a not safe for work podcast. We are teachers at the end of the week, really the end of our ropes, and we'd like to be able to talk honestly and openly about you know our jobs without having to worry about losing them. So we'll be using pseudonyms throughout the podcast. Now I like to start off by thanking all the patrons who make this possible. We don't get to do very many super special episodes, but because of the patrons and our Patreon, we do. And if you're interested in being a Teacher Needs a Drink Patreon, it's only five to ten dollars a month there's over 95 special episodes content there's incredible stuff there's a great facebook group we have there are watch parties live recordings there is so much so please sign up you won't regret it now i like to thank those that have already signed up here we go big shout out to princess buttercup dragon lady sunday l kelsey nicole b shannon e helena c aaron b stephanie s maggie m texas teacher Kristen, miss sunshine hattie f james and Allie j jody d samantha d lisa c rachel jim Genie, Exhausted Band Director, Kimberly K, Kim K, Just K, Swivel Lab Owners, Amanda F, Ariana L, Physics Runner, Steph, Science Teach 17, Michael M, William P, Sarah O, Aldrich T, La Scorpionita, Britt M, Iron Swine, Noel R, Teresa H, Biker Teach, Marsha M, Christina B, Miss Alabama, Kristen B, Jason F, Amber H, Abby B, Sarah B, Regina M, Josie S, Sam B, Lucy P, Mary E, Jamie B, Red Violin, Kristen W, Vanessa J, Mary C, RJ R, Kristen C, Johanna H, Space Panties, Irma A, Nimi, Melissa M, and Sarah N. My goodness, friends, thank you guys so much for supporting us. Talking about things we need to support now, let's run and thank our sponsor, Lud Lamb Dramatics. If you are a theater teacher or you know one in your building, send them to Lud Lamb Dramatics because there isn't shit for theater teachers in the educational teacher stores. I mean, sure, they can maybe bastardize a music poster or something from the language arts department, but there's nothing made for them until Lud Lamb Dramatics. So I encourage all theater people, all people who are forced to do a play, go to LudLambDramatics.com. They have teaching resources. They have lots of posters for the classroom, they are an amazing resource. Go to them now. All right, in case you didn't know, this is a very special episode. This is our Teacher's Guide to Marijuana. Or, more correctly, we should call Teacher's Guide to Cannabis, but I've already put marijuana in everything, so it's going to be called that. We have a special guest today, Miss Sarah Rose, say as Sarah with an H. Um, if you are interested in hearing more from her or learning more or following her on Instagram, go to sarahrosebotanicals.com. All of her information is inside the information and the links for this episode. There's also some resources and links to articles that she references in this podcast. Um, now, a quick thing. Sarah is not a medical doctor. Neither are we. So you don't need to be taking our advice, but you can listen and maybe learn something because we're not going to give you medical advice. That's the doctor's job. Also, if you live in a state where certain kinds of cannabis and marijuana are illegal, make sure you follow your state's guidelines and, you know, don't get into trouble. That's not our fault if you do. All right, my friends, I hope you enjoy this. This was a fun one to record. I, my hosts are amazing. So enjoy A Teacher's Guide to Marijuana. <laughs> All right. Were you guys ready to go? Yeah. yeah. Let's do this. All right, friends. Welcome to Teacher Needs a Drink podcast. I am Elvis, your host. And today with me, I have some very, very special guests. I'll start with some of the ones you know. Mr. Count Chocolate. Hey, what up? How high can you count? Ooh, <laughs> good one. You're so clever. I like you on here. Also returning, Miss Bo Peep. Hi, friends. Good to be back. 
I'm glad to have her. Also today, we have joining us, I think she's been on here once or twice, if you listen to some of our hotel episodes from back in January and on the Patreon, we have Miss Demeanor. Hey, hey, how's it going, guys? And then a special, special guest today, Little Miss Sunshine. Woo! How's everybody doing? I'm fantastic. And of course, one of my favorite people in the world, Miss Sarah Sykes. Say hey, everybody. Thank you for having me today. So glad to be with you all. All right. Well, my friends, we're kind of shaking our format up from how we normally do it because today I want to talk about weed. I want to talk about pot. I want to talk about marijuana. I want to talk about devil's lettuce. I want to, I know there's like a billion other words that are so much cooler that I could use, but I want to talk about it because honestly, as teachers, we are stressed the fuck out most of the time. It's really rough. Things are tough right now. It's a stressful job. And now with the, how can I phrase this right? The, the legalization wave kind of flushing over America and things changing, it's becoming a lot more acceptable to smoke marijuana. I personally, in my own view, kind of treat it like alcohol, where, you know, it's comparable. In fact, I would rather have marijuana than have, you know, drinks because I feel better in the morning. I don't make as stupid, con well, I do make a lot of stupid conversations. I don't make as many stupid or dangerous choices if I'm smoking marijuana. And I generally just feel it's better for me. It doesn't fuck up my metabolism and I don't get a hangover from it. But that's just me. But I want to talk a lot about it because I know there are some teachers who like to smoke marijuana, but they have to do it on the side. I know there are teachers who are in legal states who they can use it. So we are going to kind of go over everything. Well, a lot about marijuana. And so that's why we have my extra special guest. She is also my cousin. I love her so much. Her name is Sarah Sykes. Say hello, Sarah, again. Hey, everybody. Love Elvis. What's up, everybody? Great to be with you. All right. Let me give a little lead in. Sarah Sykes okay. is a certified wellness coach, cannabis consultant, and retailer of plant can't plant-based products that promote health and relaxation. She is based in Chicago and offers virtual services, extending her reach to support individuals and groups nationwide. As a longtime cannabis advocate, Sarah is dedicated to increasing safe access and inclusion in the cannabis industry, using education as a tool to reduce stigma and forward policy change. Anything you want to add to that, Sarah? No, Elvis, it's great to be you here with you, and I'm excited to get the conversation going. Me too. So I want to start by asking my host, the rest of us who are here, Little Miss Sunshine, Miss Demeanor, Count Chocolate, Miss Bo Peep, and Sarah, I want to ask you about your, your pot origin story. When was the first time you were exposed to pot? When was the first time you, just your first memory of it? Was it something you did? Was it your first experience? I'm just curious to take it, but I'll tell you mine. When I was, I was young, and I'm younger than I would want my son or anyone else to be, but when I was, I want to say, 13 I remember uh, some friends got it. I was in middle school and we crawled onto the roof of a building and we had this tiny little pipe and we smoked it and then we like blew the smoke into each other's mouths because that's what straight males do when they're 13. And <laughs> I remember us thinking, man, we didn't get high at all. But on reflection, we ate like three bags of Tostitos chips and like drank six Coke mm -hmm. and like giggled like hell the whole time. We just didn't know that was being high. Yeah. And then I didn't do it again for like a year. And then my cousin took me to go see Stargate at Thanksgiving. And that blew my fucking mind. But that was me. And so it was a fun introduction. But I can say in hindsight, my brain was not ready 
I can say there was definitely a, a drop in grades after I did that and my attention span. So we'll talk more about that part later. But I'm curious about some of you. Okay, Miss Demina, tell us about your origin story. So I remember uh, the first time I ever did it, um, which was kind of surprising because in high school, I went to a more urban high school. Uh, and so you can imagine that that was definitely something that was around and I could have definitely, you know, picked it up if I wanted to, um, but didn't. I was a goody two shoes all through school. And so I didn't do any of that. And then in college, my very first year, um, one of my friends that lived in the same apartment complex said, hey, you want to come over? Like, we're going to, you know, have a party. And so we went over and that was the first time that I ever smoked. Like, I just, she was like, oh, yeah, we got some of this. And so I was like, cool. And then I smoked it and then. It was the same kind of thing, though. Uh, we didn't think that we were high. Like, we were like, no, we're fine. But looking back at it now, we were just sitting there looking at each other and giggling. And then we ate a bunch of chips, ate a bunch, like, went out and walked to go get food. And then, yeah, that was that was it. That um, sounds very similar. <laughs> yeah. But I was, I was, what, 18 at the time. And so... It's, it's interesting because you said, you know, you were, you were younger and you feel like that might have been something that, you know, was a, a factor in it. But I think that, you know, in the first time, like, I think that everybody kind of thinks that. <laughs> yeah. But then at the same time, you're looking for it again. You know what I mean? Like when you get stressed a little bit or when you're, when you're like, it's like, oh, that would be, that would be real nice right now. Just giggling mm -hmm. and eating chips. <laughs> It's not a bad thing. It's what most teacher happy hours include, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's laughing. It's kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, what about you? I knew what it was growing up. Uh, I think my first experience with it was well into my teenage years. Um, I think probably by the age of 21, I might have smoked one, two, three, four times. Um, and it's not something that I typically... Uh, partake in at all right now. So I'm. this is actually going to be rather educational for me. Um, however, I have discovered some various gummies and Delta 8, and we have a lot of conversations with students and former coworkers. So, yeah, being in, it's, I mean, I, I know, I'm aware. <laughs> I'm hip. <laughs> but I uh, also, it's not a part of my daily or it's not anything that I partake in on the regular. I got it. I support it. Um, Little Miss Sunshine, what about you? My story's a lot like how misdemeanors opened or began with, like, in high school, my friends did. But I was like, no, no, drugs are bad. They're wrong. I'm not going to do that. And then when I got to college, I very soberly decided, I think it's time to do pot. And so <laughs> my sophomore year, I was dating a guy at another school and my best friend also happened to go to that school. So I went up for the weekend and I was like, this is the weekend I'm going to do pot. That was my decision. And so um, we went to my best friend's apartment and she, um, but the guy I was dating and my best friend like tried and tried and tried to smoke me up. And like, I, like every, like you, you all said, I, I didn't feel anything. So I was like, oh, it doesn't affect me. Well, the next night we went on this camping trip with, um, the guy I was dating and his friends that all met for the first time. And I was, you know, the, the bowl was being passed around. Everybody's drinking. I was getting a little silly. And, and he was like, you better watch out with this, with this weed. You better be careful. And I was like, no, no, it doesn't affect me. And, and less than an hour later, I'm puking in the bushes. And, oh, and that wow. was, that was my beginning. <laughs> but I realized that like, you know, there's like a, a balance. 
Uh, Miss Bo Peep, you're you're kind of the baby of the group. Um, you're the youngest by far at the sweet age of like, I'm going to say 29 or 26. 26. You're a baby. You're so sweet. 25. <laughs> 25. I'm sorry. I don't want to age you up. Oh, no, <laughs> no. I'm flattered. <laughs> Embrace your younger years. But Miss Bo Peep, do you have a pot origin story? Have you ever had an experience with it? Well, yes. The last time I did it was actually with you and Misdemeanor. Yeah, so that, and that was a while ago. So I, I don't do it very often, but essentially, like if it's offered to me, I will partake. Um, the first time I did it, I was the same a around the same age as a lot of you too. It was my at the end of my freshman year of college, and I had a very dear friend of mine guide me through it, and. I, I believe I definitely felt it the first time. I did throw up, but then I I still had a great night. I crossfaded, which probably wasn't a great idea for the first That's time. That's why you threw mm. up. I was trying to think you guys are throwing well, up from weed. I started drinking. Or maybe it was like right when I started. I don't know. It was it was a wild <laughs> night. I, I don't have many memories of that. Um, the But otherwise... Um, my ex- a lot of my experiences with pot have not been great. I have, you know, the classic story of I ate a whole brownie and then I, you know, that was a pretty terrible night. I had another instance in which I like smoked a joint and like my only symptom was that like my heart was racing and otherwise I felt like I wasn't feeling anything. And it's like, well, that's the opposite of what I wanted to happen. And uh, so it's like, my relationship with pot is often, I feel like, cause I don't do it very much similar to like how it started with alcohol where you just like, you don't really know your limit. You don't really know like what each thing does. So like count mentioned, I'm looking forward to this episode to educate me a little bit more on how I can do pot better. <laughs> you can do the pot better. Yes. Well, you were a pro with misdemeanor and I. We wouldn't have noticed. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I'm surprised. That was a fun time. Surprised. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Sarah, can you tell us about your origin story? When did you first, I mean, I have a feeling it was your dad, but when was the first time you were exposed to it? <laughs> uh, no, actually, wasn't family. This was with a friend. Um, and I'm not sure if this is the first time that I was exposed to it, but the first time I uh, engaged, I was quite young. I'm not going to disclose that, but I was um, young. And I remember hearing from friends that you don't get high the first time you smoke. So I remember smoking with a friend of mine and she definitely got high and I was kind of paying witness. So then diligently, I made sure we had a smoke the next day. I remember we were kind of hotboxing her garage, thinking we were really low key. But of course, there was a ton of smoke getting out from, I think it was like the pet door. So everybody who was hanging <laughs> out in the alley uh, knew exactly what we were up to. And um, I'm not sure if this is typical or not, but I was playing soccer at the time. So I had a soccer game that day and I went to play soccer. I scored a couple goals. I was amped. And then I went home and promptly, you know, more or less went to sleep. So it was, um, it was kind of a twofer for me. Well, very cool. Thank you guys for sharing all that. I could see we all had uh, different ages and different start, but the story, it's, our stories are fairly similar. Um, a lot of people, the first time they smoke, they'll mix it with pot. And one of the things, or they'll mix it with alcohol. And one of the side effects of marijuana, one of the things that makes it a great medicine and other sides is that it can settle your stomach. 
But the problem with mixing with alcohol is it settles your stomach so you don't notice when you're starting to feel nauseous and you might over partake in alcohol and that's when you start throwing up and it's not a good thing. And so mm-hmm. I, I, we'll talk about mixing things and blending things later, but let's just talk about the very beginning. Uh, let's just talk about pot. Usually it's, it's grown, it's green, it comes in little flowers, it comes in little buds, but of course things have changed in the last 10 years where you can very easily get it in a vape cartridge, you can get it in a gummy, you can get it in a tincture, you can get it as a wax. There's like a billion different ways. You can get it as a personal lubricant, you can get it as a salve that you ran, salve, solve, salve. So, I, I throw the L in there, but it's like a sneaky L. Sound. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, there's so many different ways, but most time it's usually just a green flower or a bud of the plant that you can break up or grind up and then put into a pipe or put into a joint and then smoke. And it has a kind of a, a sweet, skunky smell. I think I would describe it that mm-hmm. way. Being high is... I think it's wonderful in small, small doses, and sometimes it's fun to be a little bit more, just like drinking. In fact, I find it very, very comparable to alcohol and how you balance it with your life and how the effects where you can have a little bit and just one wine, you can have a lot and get unfunctional. Sarah, if you could help us, what does the marijuana actually do? When Because THC is the active ingredient marijuana. It's what gets you high, correct? Yeah, so when, whenever we're talking about plants, There's a lot of nuance. Um, I think you're absolutely right. Just to go back to smell, it can be skunky and gassy, um, but there's also different constituents, different compounds in the plant that have um, a range of aromas. So you might have some some pot that is more floral, might smell more like lavender, or might smell more like um, baked goods or things like that. And it's actually those compounds, those aromatic compounds that can really deliver a lot of the effects of what you're consuming. So THC does get you high, um, but it's also the additional components to the plant that can really nuance those effects. I will just forward this all by saying um, exploring cannabis is a really personalized journey. I'm going to use the word cannabis because it encompasses uh, THC, it encompasses CBD and other things like that. And before I go deeper, I just want to disclose that no statements that I've made have been approved by the FDA. This is not medical advice. It's intended to be purely educational. Um, It's not prescriptive. It's not to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Um, In terms of when people are getting high or having the experience of getting high, having THC interact with their systems. Um, THC predominantly interacts with regions of the brain, but it can also interact with other areas in the body. So some people might feel kind of a heady euphoria. Other people might feel more body relaxation or like somebody just described, they might feel a little bit of heart palpitation. So there's a lot of different ways that THC can interact with our bodies, Um, but some of the effects might also include um, reduced blood pressure or improved circulation. Uh, Like Elvis said, it can help to settle the stomach. It can support uh, digestive distress. So if you're somebody who's experiencing cramps or um, nausea, that can be alleviated a bit. And um, it also can affect uh, the way that we experience memory and intrusive thoughts. 
No, it can do a little bit of everything. It's kind of a, a magic plant. I think part of the reason we still consider it magic is because the government forbid us from doing science with it for so long. And so it's yes. only in the last 10 or 15 years that we've really been able to have some good studies that are actual scientific data on the effects of marijuana and the brain or of cannabis in the brain and how it works on everything. One of our patrons, Space Panties, just asked, um, do the effects depend more on how the person is or does it depend more on the strain that they're smoking? Because I know if you go to some of these boutique places in Colorado or California, they have a billion strains and they'll tell you every different kind. Oh, this one's like Little Mossy Friend. It will take you up there. This is Sativa. This is Indica. It's a hybrid. Do you think it's strain dependent or do you think it's on the person and their mental state or what are your opinions? On in my perspective, it's absolutely both. So when cannabis is interacting with our body, it's interacting with receptors throughout our body. And everybody's receptor system is going to be a little bit different. Yeah, some people might be more receptive than others. So those are kind of the, the basics there in terms of um, what we like to call bio-individuality. And then in terms of the strains, and you might hear somebody say chemovar or cultivar as well, I think that that makes a huge uh, difference as well. And um, those kind of aromatic compounds that I was mentioning earlier, those are called terpenes. There's now a lot of attention going towards terpenes as actually kind of the truest indicator of what type of effect you would experience from consuming cannabis. Now, when you're referring to these terpenes, when I hear things like Delta-8, which is huge because in Texas, THC is still illegal, but Delta-8 is not. So there are stores with Delta-8 marijuana everywhere or Delta-8 vape pens. Is that a terpene or is that just like a CBD type branch of it? Or what exactly is that? Ooh, so so Delta-8 is definitely um, a mixed conversation. We can dive into that a little bit as well. That's considered a cannabinoid. Okay. Um, yep. So THC is considered a cannabinoid. CBD is considered a cannabinoid. And so is Delta-8. Um, at this time, Delta-8 is naturally occurring in some cannabis plants at low levels. We'll probably see as people continue to focus on um, cannabis breeding and genetics and things like that, that those levels will occur higher naturally. But for the most part right now, uh, Delta-8 is being um, converted from CBD into Delta-8. So there's a process that uh, CBD can go through for that conversion to occur, for the structure of the cannabinoid to change, for some of those intoxicating properties to be expressed. Just like any other type of extraction method, there is some range of variants. Right now, because it's most economical, it's being chemically converted for the most part. So it goes through a process of chemical exposure. And then ideally, those uh, solvents that are used to convert it are going to be purged so that you're left with a cleaner product. My friends, and I'll, I'll, you guys have obviously been around people who are stoned before. Yes. Um, what would you say some of the outward symptoms of someone who is stoned would be if they have smoked marijuana? Well, we actually do training on it. Um, it's funny because I sit there and I'm like, I know all this. Like I, I myself would will get high sometimes. Um, but the when um, you know low eyes, uh, red eyes, um, being kind of slow, like you can talk to them and then 
It kind of takes us like a second longer than it usually would for a response. Um, asking dumb questions, like like questions that are like so lofty that it's like, why would you even think that right now? Um, I feel like those are the symptoms that that I see um, the most. Giggling. <laughs> Giggling is a big one. I always can look at the appearance a lot of times. Um, you can tell with the eyes. Sometimes they're droopy. Sometimes they're red. Um, and I'm big on understanding speech, so I can tell if speech patterns or uh, just the cadence in which someone speaks changes. Sometimes I have struggled to tell that if we're just like at a party and all everything is going around, I'm not sure if I would could tell the difference between someone who was drunk or someone that was high. I think the only thing I would add is the munchies. And not everyone gets the munchies and not everyone gets it hard. But I know me personally, if I have not eaten much before I, I smoke or partake, um, I'm going to want to eat. And my cravings are usually wild and all-encompassing. Like, pretty much if it's there, I'm going to want to eat it in interesting combinations and quantities. And me personally, I have an issue with it because if I start eating, if I'm stoned, I cannot stop. And so I have to make a very conscious choice to not eat anything or wait until I have some kind of healthy choice in there or else I will bottom out. But those are some definite clear signs. Sarah, do you think there's anything you would add to just sim- outward symptoms of someone who is stoned? Did we say cotton mouth already? Oh, no. I was going to say that being very, very thirsty. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um I think I think that's a great I think that's a great uh, spectrum of side effects for sure. Now that kind of covers it. It's something you can notice in friends. It's something you notice in people. It's also something you can notice in students. And while I think marijuana is great for adults, I don't think it's good for children. Now that is me being a hundred percent hypocrite because I smoked it when I was in high school. I smoked all through college. I smoked it in middle school. That was not a good choice for me. I made some poor choices. If you look at my ACT scores and my SAT scores, I had amazing scores my freshman year until I started smoking pot, and those scores went down. A lot of it was I, well, number one, I don't know how much it was the pot itself or maybe the reasons why I was choosing to smoke pot as a 14-year-old or 15-year-old where I was seeking that escape. And I think that's a different conversation altogether. But... One of the things on why I'm very particular about it not being healthy for young people is that young brains are not finished developing. And I'm sure all of us can here can even speak to that. I think they've put the age right now where they think the brain is done developing around 24, 25. Fully developed. Hello. Yeah, Ms. Bo Peep just hit it. And <laughs> She's so, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, congratulations. That's, that's the right age. <laughs> we're, that's we're what, that's what the counselors say. <laughs> But I think it can have some negative effects. And so, Sarah, can you speak to anything on marijuana and the developing brain or the young brain or the young mind? I'm going to kind of take a middle-of-the-road approach here um, and just share that there was a um, study that just came out. Um, I think it's called meta-analysis, youth cannabis exposure not associated with changes in brain morphology. So uh, this was just um, 
just uh, published, it's a study from the National Institute of Health. Now, they were looking at young people ages 15 through 19. So again, that's kind of a different conversation around youth. Um, but they were coming up or coming back with uh, findings that cannabis use at that age was not associated with hmm. decrease in brain volume and brain matter. Um, I think that while you're absolutely right, Elvis, it is a different conversation to talk about why young people may be turning to cannabis. Uh, what we're kind of seeing is that these confounding factors are more attributed to adverse effects than cannabis use itself. Now, again, I'm not a doctor, so this is not prescriptive, uh, but it does make me think of a study that recently was shared in Forbes around uh, people who are pregnant consuming cannabis and adverse birth outcomes were more associated with stressful situations than cannabis use itself. So I think it is really nuanced to consider um, when young people are using cannabis and why. I also am an advocate for medical cannabis at every age as needed. And so a lot of parents who are caregivers to their children or young people who turn to medical cannabis as a way to address um, debilitating symptoms have to make a choice. And many times what they witness is that their children are thriving because of access to this life um, life-saving medicine in many cases. And so while it has been uh, difficult to study the effects of cannabis in people, mostly our studies come from rodents and other things like that, now this is opening up more and I believe that the research will evolve. Um, anecdotally and also through some studies, people will say that cannabis use in young people can be associated with demotivation so that could influence somebody's desire to study for an exam, for instance. And cannabis can be attributed to changes in memory function, both positive and not so positive. I'm going to just say it's, it's a gray area. I think it also depends on how the cannabis is consumed and in what dose, because cannabis is being applauded for its ability to support neuroplasticity. And so um, that could be really helpful for somebody creating kind of a new groove in their brain if their thought patterns had previously been destructed. Maybe to sum it up, there are some trade-offs. And at this point, the research is evolving and not 100% conclusive. That makes a lot of sense to me because a lot of it, when I think of my personal experience with it, and that's really the only experience I have with it is one I own, is that it's kind of a chicken and egg. Did a lot of the things in, that I started doing after I smoked pot, were they because of pot? Probably not. They're probably because of my situation and the pot just happened to be there. But I do notice personally, even as an adult, that there's a demotivating effect if I smoke pot, where generally if I have something, a product or a project or something I need the next day or something big going on, I really can't smoke weed anytime close because I will have a hard time bringing myself to do it just to get going. But I feel that could be same valve call, where if I knew I had a big, like if I was going to go run a marathon tomorrow, I'm not going to get tanked the night before because it just doesn't go well. It's like that song, Then I Got High. I, it is a demotivator, but I will also say 
Um, sometimes I come up with my best lesson plans. I, I don't tell anybody that's what I was doing when I thought of this, but some it, like it, it, I don't know, it, it frees up something that makes me more creative. Mm-hmm. I can hear that. I think a lot of people feel that way. A lot of people like to get stoned and make art. They like to doodle. They like to hike. They like to write stories. Well, based on what Little Miss Sunshine said, I'm, I'm wondering, because I can get so in the weeds, like overthinking. And that really stops me from creating good lessons too, just because I get so bogged down in the details. So I wonder if like, would it be safe to say that this could be something helpful if maybe I smoked a little more weed? Like, I could just I'm, just say, I'm just saying this, like I've got a little hamster in my brain that doesn't stop unless <laughs> I do something yeah. to help it calm down. Like, I don't know, smoke a bolt. I think that's the thing for me um, because I, I will say that I smoke regularly. Um, I started way after my first year of college. Like it was way past like that first time of doing it. Um, but the biggest thing was because I was overthinking way too much. Um, I, I started to struggle with anxiety um, and obviously, you know, that was something that I thought, you know, like, hey, I can just kind of chill. Um, and, and the same thing happened. I, I started, I feel like doing better. Um, and, and it's funny to hear you guys talk about it being a demotivator because I feel like it's the opposite for me. Um, I do teach like art. I don't teach art, but I teach a fine art. And so I think that's the biggest thing is that when I make lesson plans, it is very creative and it is very, very much like, how can I relate, you know, this to what the kids are talking about and this to life and this to all of these different things. And I feel like my mind is more at free to think those things and to make those connections when I'm high, as opposed to being super stressed about the day. Because as soon as I spark up or as soon as, you know, I have a little bit of of it in my system, I start to forget about the rest of the day. And I feel like as a teacher, that's the most important part because your days are just sometimes it feels like never ending, you know, like, and it's the same thing over and over again. And you can, you can really get bogged down and you can really feel like you're in the weeds, like, like uh, Miss Bo Peep was saying, but, you know, I feel like that's what it takes for me at least disconnect, I guess, from the rest of the day and, and, and really just start thinking towards the next day. Um, if that makes sense. I think it does. No, those are all very valid points. And I want to get back to that in just a minute. Um, the one thing, I'm going to jump around, because I know I said I want an organic conversation, but this is something I want to just nip in the because we were talking about kids and plasticity and some of the things that could happen. You might be a demotivator for you or might be for a student. I honestly think in most states, the worst outcome that you are going to have from having a cannabinoid in your system, whether it's THC or CBD, is what will happen if the police find you with it. I think the consequences are far worse than any, well, let me say, the artificial consequences of the law are far more extreme than anything that will naturally happen from you taking part of it. I don't think people are going to start killing each other. I don't think they're going to start raping their women. I don't think they're going to start becoming thieves. I don't think they're... I've never met anyone who got violent on weed or weed alone. Um, and so whenever students have asked me, because I, I think every teacher at some point will have some kid ask, well, what do you think about marijuana? And that's usually my big thing is that I just tell them that I think if you get caught with it, the consequences are going to be worse than anything it does to your body. 
But that's changing now. There is a big sea change. A lot of communities are, if not legalizing, they're decriminalizing. I know Dallas area has decriminalized it. So if you get caught, if that's the only thing they have you on, they're going to write you a small citation and let you go. Um, I know other states where it's completely legal. In some places, they don't care. Uh, we were talking last week how uh, Miss Lucille Lane and I went to the Ganja Gala in Oklahoma on 420 into this big uh, burlesque dance show, and there was people smoking left and right. The police were there. It was not a big deal. And it was a very chill event because of that, because people weren't drinking, people weren't fighting. It was just a good time. And so I feel that the punishments are far, far, far more severe and I don't know. I don't want to jump to why we need to legalize, but... There's a reason they call it the peace plant. It's really interesting to see how um, cannabis spaces look when people are able to uh, consume without the fear of legal repercussion. I was having a conversation with somebody recently at a cannabis event, and there was probably a 30-year difference between us. We also are different races and we were sitting together and this person was saying, look around, you know, in what other context would you see this diversity, this type of uh, multi-generational interaction with everybody just having a good time? Now, I'm not saying that cannabis feels good in everybody's system, uh, but I think you're absolutely right about it uh, being something that does not incite aggression the same way that alcohol can stimulate aggression. Uh, in part, that's because cannabis also helps to regulate cortisol, which is a stress hormone, and it helps to uh, interact with our nervous system. So the type of aggravation that people might feel otherwise um, might start to uh, kind of fade away when they're consuming cannabis. I agree. And I think that's one of the reasons I kind of want to advocate, advocate for it right now is a tool that someone can have in their toolbox for unwinding at the end of the day. Maybe instead of getting a glass of wine or five shots of liquor or drinking 12 tall boys or whatever the hell you do, um, consider trying pot or trying CBD. And I think this is a good place to put in it. Sarah, can you help us understand the difference between THC and CBD? Sure. Um, I'll kind of do um, a high-level overview. That sounds perfect. Okay, great. And then I'd love to hear people's you know, experiences of it and questions as well. So the reason that I use the term cannabis is because it encompasses all expressions of the plant. Low THC, high THC, hemp, CBD forward, that type of thing. Um, we are able to see CBD expressed in um, quote-unquote marijuana as well as hemp, and also hemp and marijuana don't necessarily have to contain CBD. So that has to do with, again, those environmental conditions. CBD interacts with both the central nervous system and the peripheral nervous system. So, uh, and, and in fact, there are more receptor sites throughout the body than in the brain. So a lot of people find it helpful because while it may have some similar qualities to the effect of consuming THC, it doesn't have that intoxication effect. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it is psychoactive in that it affects neurotransmission and can affect the way that our body produces and uptakes serotonin and things like that, but it's non-intoxicating. I've played with CBD a little bit. Uh, ex-girlfriend Priscilla used to have constant migraines and CBD was something that would work with her and at least help her body get relaxed enough that she could sleep when migraines were really bad. I found CBD as a good stress reliever, but it wasn't an end-all be-all. It would have to be taken in conjunction or if I was going to go exercise and need to come down, then CBD would kind of help me relax a little bit. But I think I think the reason I have a hard time noticing the effects of CBD is because I'm a lot more I have a lot more experience with THC, so I kind of expect, or I almost expect those kind of results, a little bit of intoxication. So when I have CB, I'm like, this doesn't do anything. Well, you just sat there quietly and like fell asleep. Oh yeah, well, I guess it did do something. I just wasn't really thinking. I do have a, a story in which some of my friends and I went to LA and we just knew nothing. So we we knew weed would, weed was legal there, and we went to a CBD shop thinking we were going to get all this stuff to get high, and then it that did, did not happen. So <laughs> they sold you uh, everything too, I bet. They, they they fully knew they fully knew what our actual goal was, um, but uh, I do have like a CBD. Um, some CBD oils that um, that I sometimes put on my temple and it ills and it makes my head uh, feel lighter. Like when I when I especially when I'm feeling very congested or have bad sinuses. Um, but I'm I'm very intrigued by perhaps using it as a stress reliever because yeah, definitely the stress is there. When it comes to CBD, I think there's. Uh, I have a friend that's introduced me to like some like a pain relieving ointment that I was like, does this actually work? And she swears by it. And she shared it with a couple friends, and they've talked about the kind of relief that they can feel um, significantly quicker than if you were taking two Aleve, two Tylenol, uh, Advil, whatever. But um, I'm just, I'm, I'm a fan of athletes that um, at some point were close to like abusing prescription drugs or like heavy, heavy drugs or some kind of pills. And then they tried some kind of CBD or cannabis or wheat, any of those things. And it helps manage pain because, you know, these are people that for years or decades could have like, you know, beat their bodies and put a lot of physical stress on their bodies. And they found something that helps. Um, And I was just saying something about that in the chat earlier. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm a fan of it um, because it's it's what it can do for pain relief. I think is it's great, personally. And not to mention, it's non-addictive and non-habit. There you go. So I can understand people liking CBD. My husband loves it because he doesn't um, he he can't do the THC anymore, um, and so it works for him. But for me, it wasn't much of anything. But I can see why people like it and. Hey, if it's a non-addictive pain reliever, I'm all for it. Not to mention all natural. Go for it. It's kind of interesting because I, um, since I use it mostly for anxiety and for like the overthinking and not kind of falling into, you know, the overthinking, um, I think that CBD, I feel the, I feel the body high. Like I, I can understand why people who use, you know, the physical reasons why they would like CBD, but since I'm not 
necessarily someone that uses it for the physical reasons. Uh, it doesn't necessarily, I mean, like, like I said, I feel it and I know it, what it's doing, but at the same time, like my mind still is racing or it's going and that doesn't stop it. Uh, and so I'm not necessarily a fan of that particular um, part of cannabis uh, by itself, obviously, because uh, when it's with C- THC, I'm not, I'm, I don't complain, but... <laughs> I've never used it as a pain reliever. I think I've mostly used it as something to help calm me down and more as a almost a sleep aid because I've combined like CBD with melatonin and that will help me just get a, a deep, nice sleep sometimes. Oh, I when bet. I just down. And so that combination works, but I don't, I don't know. I was very, very excited about it, but now I feel like, no, I just, I prefer just straight up THC, but there is a tool for everything and almost a specialty you can find for everything. Sarah keeps um, saying in, in the, in calling it cannabis is that it's all one umbrella. I think when we get to like the, the legalization of like only particular parts of the, of the plant, it's upsetting because it's like, but that only works for a minority of people who use it, you know what I mean? And so it's like, you need to, like, as, as I guess as a government, you need to think about the fact that this, there are different parts of it that are different for everybody and you can't just approve one thing and not all of it um, because that's not fair. I 100% agree with you. And we had a question in the comments here. Does CBD work best with some amount of THC chemically? I, I'll let Sarah answer because she's probably got the science behind this. But my whole take of this is that the plant itself has a balance of THC and CBD and all these different cannabinoids in it. And you'll probably get the best effects if you're taking them together as one plant the way it was, you know. I'd say it was the way like, you know. Yeah, that natural grown, balance. The way, the way yeah. it naturally grew. But the thing is we've been genetically cultivating it to get us higher and higher over the last 60 years, over the last 300 years, because before it was a great plant for making rope and it got you a little silly. And they learned, well, if I keep breeding these plants together, I'll get a stronger and stronger crop. And so we've been able to amplify those chemicals. But Sarah, can you speak to about the blending of them or what uh, Misdemeanor was saying about? Yeah, I, I love that. Uh, I think you're you're both absolutely on it. Some combination as the plant is naturally occurring is really optimal for a lot of people. Um, some people even find that they enjoy kind of those ratios and different variations. So consuming something that's high THC with a little bit of uh, CBD or vice versa can be really nice. Um, part of what's appealing or intriguing about CBD is that it has these kind of adaptogenic functions, it can be really health forward. So while somebody might not have a noticeable effect, it could be kind of like the absence of a negative. I just want to put out there that the government does have a patent on CBD. They patented CBD in 1999, so or they first applied for the patent in 99, I think they got in 2003. And it's recognized as in something that has anti-inflammatory properties, as an antioxidant, and something that's neuroprotective. Oh, I just want to throw one more thing out there, which is that um, also people like to, especially with like a smoking blend, like to incorporate other herbs into their cannabis. So some people like to add maybe a little bit of 
um, lavender or some mm. other safe smokable plants. So if you're somebody who hasn't really, you know, found that they love the effects of CBD, but are still, in, you know, curious about um, maybe having a little bit more of like a plant spectrum, having an herbal pre-roll or having some herbs to incorporate into your, your cannabis that you're rolling up can be um, a really nice option. And uh, I won't really digress too much about these terpenes, but terpenes aren't just found in cannabis. They're found in other plants as well. So you can have some really nice synergy when you're combining. Since we're talking about strains and CBD, let's cover just one of the really basic. I feel like a lot of our friends uh, might already know this, but the big two that we hear about all the times are indica and sativa and hybrid. Sarah, can you tell us the basic. I've always heard indica, indica couch, you're going to be sleepy and relaxed. Sativa, you're more likely to be giggly. Is that kind of the trend or is this generic or does this depend by person? What's your opinion on all this? Oh, I mean, it's tough because a lot of people are using those, um, those terms as a way to kind of assess what type of effect they're going to experience. And it's not just something that, you know, people use um, informally, it's also something that we're now seeing on branded products. However, um, all cannabis is sativa. The genus is cannabis sativa L. Um, so those were kind of arbitrary distinctions that came about initially thinking like, what is the aesthetic of the plant? So is it lower and bushier. People thought those wider leaves were indica, whereas sativa was maybe taller and had some longer leaves. Um, but really what we're seeing is that all cannabis is hybrid and that um, rather than using sativa or indica as terms, I heard that too, indica, indica couch. I was definitely using that as a point of reference or thinking like sativa was a little bit more stimulating or uplifting. But again, it's going to be those terpenes. So for instance, when when people think about cannabis that maybe gives like a couch lock effect, what's been um, revealed is that it's actually a terpene called myrcene that ha is, is attributed with those sedative effects. Um, something that's more relaxing might have a terpene called linalool, which is what's found in lavender. Something that might be a little bit more of an antidepressant or a little bit more stimulating or uplifting might have the terpene limonene, which is found in lemons. If you've smelled citrus and you get kind of a little rush. Um, again, other things like pinene, which are found in you know pine trees and also in peppermint and things like that, can be good for cognitive function and clarity. So um, while people might only have access to the terms indica and sativa, and that could be a, a you know a, a compass to some degree. Uh, it's always helpful, I find, to ask somebody how they experienced the effects more so than, you know, what does the label say? And if you can kind of notice some of those aromatic qualities, um, like if it smells citrusy, it's probably going to be something that's a little bit more uplifting. If you have access to a bud tender or um, the internet and you want to kind of look up what the name of something is, if you do have a name on it, looking at those characteristic breakdowns can give you a little bit more information. So um, I hate to kind of bust that. Burst in my bubble right there. Yeah. I mean, definitely, you know, any, any guide that we have is helpful. Um, but people are really kind of looking at, you know, what are those different constituents rather than, is it a hybrid sativa or indica? That's really mm. interesting. 
you didn't bust my bubble. You blew my mind. <laughs> like, Hopefully in a wow. good way. <laughs> it's really a plant continuum. And looking at cannabis in this isolated way has really limited the information um, that we can use to inform our experience. So now that we're starting to put it back in the continuum of plant medicine and plants in general, um, we're, we're starting to understand a little bit more. That's, that's amazing and fascinating. Thank you so much. That's, that's incredible. But now I'm sure there are some people who haven't really experienced any kind of cannabis and are curious and want to try in a fairly safe manner. Mm-hmm. And so, my friends, if let's say they're in a legal state, so we're not encouraging anyone to break the law out there, because far be it from us to do that. Um, Sarah, what would be some advice for someone who is interested in trying it for the first time? A safe way or a good way to do it where they might not be overwhelmed or feel nauseous or something like that? People love the saying, start low, go slow. Mm-hmm. That kind of falls in that microdose concept range. Um And so depending on how you're consuming your cannabis, you will need to kind of take into consideration the onset time. Something that you're going to inhale is going to have the quickest onset time. So often it can be helpful if you are just beginning or trying something out for the first time to take one puff maybe one or two seconds, uh, because those effects will come on quickly. And then you can assess, okay, how am I feeling in five minutes? How am I feeling in 15 or 20 minutes? And at that point, if you're feeling like you want a little bit more, you can always go for a little bit more if you still have access to it. Uh, With something that you're ingesting, like an edible or a drink, those onset times vary. So I would first consider, you know, what is the product that I'm trying and kind of at what point am I going to be checking in with myself to say, you know, how is this feeling? Do I want more? Is this enough for me? Um, but but less is more, especially for beginners or trying a new product. Um, also, cannabis is considered biphasic. So I know there's a ton of nuance here, especially everybody's body being different. Like some people consume a lot of THC and they just don't get high. It just has to do with, you know, your own personal chemistry. But when you consume cannabis in a low dose, the effects are going to be different than what you can, than, than having a higher dose. Um, so starting low, going slow is, is probably the the best way to safely get started. I'm gonna second that and think of it for my friends. I feel like most I feel like most uh, teachers have at least experience with alcohol, if nothing else. And if you think like, oh, I'm gonna go do this, so I'm gonna go start slamming shots the first time, that's probably not gonna be a great experience. And so, if you know someone who's trying it for the first time, don't go give them the mega hella gummy or like the super bong, whatever. Give them like a nibble. Just let them ease their feet into it. And also, I would highly recommend against, you know, mixing the very first time you're trying it. Like, if someone's drunk, like, I want to try it, that's probably not the best experience for them to try it for the first time because it, it's they're not going to get a balance. They're really not going to know what 
they're actually reacting to. Are they reacting to the alcohol? Are they reacting to the cannabis? What could it be? And setting makes a big difference. So if you are in a setting where you feel comfortable, where you feel safe, where you're around trusted people, most likely your experience of consuming cannabis is going to be different than if you are in a really stimulating environment where you don't kind of have that safety net or that touch point. So for beginners, definitely do your best to um, you know, be in a safe space that feels comfortable. The last thing I I really want to cover, Sarah, unless there's a different topic or something we feel we should, is I want to talk about why I feel legalization is important. And one of the, well, I'll go ahead and say, I feel that legalization is a national issue. And I think it's very, very important for several reasons. Like I said earlier, I don't think the plant is dangerous. And one of the reasons they have it, scheduled one, which is supposed to mean it has zero medical value or benefit, that has been completely blasted, but they don't really want to legalize it. And maybe it's my conspiracy tinfoil hat, but I think a lot of it's because it affects or the harshness of the consequences of getting arrested with it tend to affect people of color a lot more than it will anyone else. And the statistics are there. So like 100%, um, especially black people and white people smoke weed just as often and black people get arrested way, way more for it and suffer way more consequences. That's what I was going to say. I think it can be regulated just like alcohol because I feel it's safer than alcohol. Person. I agree with you 100%. It, it, it is way less damaging than alcohol. It's ridiculous that it's not legal everywhere. Yeah, I know people who alcohol has totally ruined their lives. I do not know, not saying that there isn't, but I do not know people where marijuana was the case for them. I've always been a uh, supporter of legalization for it. Um, I used to say that Oh, it'll be legal as soon as the U.S. government um, figures out how to properly tax it and Uncle Sam gets their cut because it's clearly a billion-dollar industry. But at the same time, when you have hundreds, if not, you know, hundreds, if not hundreds of thousands of people who are in prison for, like, petty drug charges or for having, like, minuscule amounts, you, you have to do something about that. And we know that there's always been a prison, prisons are a, billion-dollar pipeline. Uh, prisons are a billion-dollar company. It's a corporation. It, it funds, it all stems back to, like, capitalism and all this other, like, it's it's crazy seeing how it's all connected, but good outweighs the bad with uh, marijuana. It's well overdue. I feel that so many families have been destroyed and separated, not because the plant is going to hurt them, but it's because people just don't want them to have the plant. And that's just ridiculous. And it's wrong and it's handicapping or it has been handicapping our country. I think everybody really touched on um, a lot of different reasons why it's important. There is definitely that prison pipeline. And when people are um, debilitated through trauma or other overwhelming experiences, it it really um, impacts their ability to have a thriving life, which, like you said, kind of uh, can can limit the way that people are able to um, navigate. And so um, I'm really hesitant to push 
legalization until more equity is established in the space. So people who have been impacted by um, cannabis being made illegal because it was legal, then it was made illegal in 37, you know, in, in 1937. But up until that point, it had been uh, legal for people. It was one of the main sources of medicine and apothecaries and things like that, overlapping with rope and other industrial functions. So there's a lot of government discretion happening here and people have been like you said, torn apart in their families and so disenfranchised. So until there can be uh, ownership by the people most impacted by the war on drugs and the criminalization of cannabis, I, um, you know, I have concerns about federal legalization. I do want everybody to absolutely have access to cannabis. My friends, I want to circle back and just kind of put a pin in this. My main goal in this is that as we've kind of evolved as a culture, I think it's great that cannabis is being more well accepted as an alternative to drinking, as a tool in your toolbox to help you relax. It's not going to kill you. It's not going to make you make the worst decisions other than maybe eating some shitty food. Um and watching some really, really bad movies, but you'll probably have a great time doing both of those things. I, I, I almost want to encourage people because I really do feel it's better for your mindset. It's better to help you lighten up. And sometimes it really can be the tool to get you to think outside of your head and outside of your box, some things you might normally think about. And it will help you do things like make really awesome creative lesson plans. I don't advocate, and I, none of us do. In fact, we'll put it out, you should not teach stone. You should not be in the classroom stone. But at the end of the day, you shouldn't be in the classroom drunk either, and I don't think that's a big issue. And so I think it's just fair to, at the end of the day, go home, have a joint, relax, have a smoke, eat a gummy, do whatever you need just to help you unwind and take care of your brain and help yourself relax, help yourself sleep, help yourself settle your stomach, help yourself settle that anxiety, help yourself just have great sex with your loved one, whatever it is, just, you know, get that bond. And this is a great tool. And what I want to do is just, you know, guys, if you're using it, you shouldn't be ashamed of it and you shouldn't have to hide it. Now, with that being said, it is still illegal. And since you work with children, people frown on that. But I think it's weird that we can celebrate a podcast called Teacher Needs a Drink. But if we start talking about smoking pot, we might be the bad guys here. Um, here, here. Elvis for president. Yeah. Yeah, that's Woo-hoo. not going to happen. I got too many skeletons. Um, but with all but that being all. said, yeah, we all do. I really do want to encourage everyone just to take care of yourselves, take care of your mind, and just consider this tool, even if it's just the CBD portion, to help you relax, to help with pain management. And also just to consider maybe if you're in a state where it's illegal, try a little tourism. Drive to Colorado, drive to, go to Louisiana, go to Las Vegas, go to California, go to Washington. Just a couple last things, which are that um, when we're seeing states legalizing cannabis, um, there isn't an increase in youth consumption attributed to that legalization. So that's just something to factor in. Having access doesn't necessarily increase consumption. Also, CBD is getting a lot of attention for um, it as a supportive tool for um, reducing 
reducing symptoms of addiction and um, decreasing alcohol use. So if you're somebody who's struggling with that, CBD could be a great thing to try or even just kind of as a way to counteract some of the adverse effects that alcohol can have on the body. Um, and I would say that if you are feeling alone in your cannabis use, a great way to um, kind of alleviate some of that is through online engagement. There's a really robust cannabis community. I bet it's closer to you than you think. Mm -hmm. um, so there are, you know, a number of different groups you can get involved with, but just one resource that I will um, put out there is Project CBD, and it's um, a great platform for kind of deeper inquiries around medical conditions and things like that. Hey guys, guess what? 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 We have a Patreon! <laughs> Shut the fuck up! No way. That sounds You're good. lying. You're lying. No, What's no, a Patreon? Lies. <laughs> we have a Patreon. <laughs> for as little as 5 to $10 a month, you can sign up for our Patreon. And not only does it help financially support the podcast and help me buy good dinners and good meals and fun stuff for our hosts when I can, it also lets us have a great community. We have an amazing, thriving Facebook group that has all these like-minded teachers. We're all very kind of liberal hippie. Well, we're not hippie. We're all very liberal teachers, if nothing else. And it's been a great place to network, make friends. It's just amazing. I highly recommend it. If you like the podcast, Join the Patreon, join this group. You also get access to over about 96 extra special episodes and bonus content that can only be found on the Patreon. We have more release. We have three things coming out in the next few weeks. Also with the Patreon this month, we have a watch party. We're going to be doing the movie Days to Confuse to celebrate the end of the school year. So you can jump on that and watch the movie and chat with the host and a lot of other friends while we're doing it. And then we also have a step bet coming up, which is going to be awesome. I'll tell more about that. I'll tell you more about that later. But anyway, my friends, join the Patreon, sign up. It's a great thing. Do it now! Woo! Yeah! Do, 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 yes, yes, do it! 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 Right. Would you rather participate in a nursing home orgy, or get a tattoo of your most recent ex's face and initials? <laughs> that's, such, that's so hard. <laughs> oh, that's easy. I, no, I'm, I'm just, just gonna. No, this is easy for me. I'm gonna participate for the tattoo orgy. Really, you're going to tattoo? No, yeah, no, I'll no, put no. it like on my on my left foot. Cheek. I would rather have some wrinkly old dried up peach around my cock than have Priscilla's face. I mean, she's a lovely woman, but I don't want her face and initials tattooed on me. And so I'm going with like the ancient case of herpes here, as opposed to getting my ex initials on my and face on me. That's just. I'm know. sure she doesn't want that either. So yeah, I don't think. I mean, I think it's mutual. I don't believe she wants me to have that on me. I think she would rather me go participate in an old folks orgy. Miss um, Bo Peep, which one are you going to do? Oh, 100% the old folks orgy, no question. Um, I also, most of my uh, favorite bands are from the 60s. So, like, if, if oh, I'm God. imagining this as, like, Paul McCartney and Elton John, and, you know. I don't think they ended up in You don't get to pick home. your nursing <laughs> home with celebrity, your celebrity <laughs> nursing home. Yeah, yeah. celebrity Bo nursing Peep, home. You're a teacher. I don't know if you're going to be able to afford that nursing home. <laughs> right. Fair enough. But you know what? If you're the young person bringing in, they might want some young talent. So who knows? Yeah. Oh, no. Misdemeanor, are you going to get a tattoo of your ex? Or are you I gonna think, go I think I'm going to do the tattoo. I can't do the old. I can't, yeah, I can't even picture it. I can't even. I, I don't want to think about it. I'd yeah, rather get I the tattoo. I can get it at the bottom of my foot. 
The old you know, like a really small last like an evening. That tattoo is forever. Oh, yeah, but I'll, do, I'll do the tattoo. Nope. I'll nope. do the tattoo. I'll cover it up I'm later. You, I'll cover it up later. I, there are ways to remove tattoos, you know. I, I'll just cover it up. I won't remove I heard it. That hurts more than getting <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what it hurts. I hear I hear it hurts more. I bet you've had more regrettable one night stands than you would have with the old folks orgy. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, what about you? Which way are you going? Yeah, little Miss Sunshine. Oh, <laughs> you can't keep. Changing. I don't know. I don't know. I I I don't know because like you can get tattoos removed and they can could be in inconspicuous places. Uh, old folks orgy sounds pretty disturbing. So uh, I think I'm gonna go with tattoo. Really, I am baffled. All you you guys are ageist, is what it is. Just like, ah, man, it's, it's, it's just we know what's up. It's all good. I just don't want to see it. Uh, no. Has this been split do down it. gender lines? Count, did you go with tattoo or old folks? I don't remember. Oh, I was definitely pioneering the tattoo uh, brigade. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's just me. I'm the only one. It's just tattoo. you. I just don't want more tattoos. It's on have sex with old people. So what does this say about you? I don't. I also don't have any, so who knows how bad I got issues. Um, Sarah, since you're our guest here, we have to have it. Would you get a picture, a tattoo of your ex's face and initials, or would you go to the old folks orgy? Damn, I was really hoping to be bypassed with this one. Um, you know, my first response was old folks all day. Mm-hmm. Then I started thinking, I've got some really cute exes who I'm still friends with. So, you know, that might oh. not be a problem. It but says so- most recent ex. Oh, oh, most recent. Yeah, no, most <laughs> definitely not. I'm going to stick with my my gut. I also, Elvis, I'm seconding you with the, with the ages thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, yeah, old folks home all day. There are some beautiful old people out there. I'm just saying. There are <laughs> <laughs> However, plastic surgery. You guys don't know that Nicole Kidman's like 85. Ew, plastic surgery. No, no, Ew. I'm not engaging in that. <laughs> that shit no, toy. No, oh, God. Oh. All right, my friends. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Teacher Needs a Drink podcast. I'd like to give a super huge hug and big thank you to Sarah Sykes. Sarah, thank you for being here. Yay, thank you, Sarah. So nice to be with you all. Hug received, um, really fun conversation. I know sometimes it can get kind of long with this stuff, so appreciate everybody hanging in there. This was fun. Um, Sarah, if people want to reach out to you or want to learn more from you, where's a good place where they can find out more information about you? So people can um, reach me directly via email. My email address is hello at sarahrosebotanicals.com. That's Sarah with an H. You can also contact me through my website, sarahrosebotanicals.com. And you can find me uh, via social media on Instagram at sarah.rose.botanicals. Excellent. And we'll have all that information in the bio. So when you're looking at the info for this episode, you can see all of Sarah's information there. I highly, highly recommend you check out her website. She is incredibly knowledgeable, as you guys have heard, and she is just awesome. I'd also like to thank my other guests who are here today. Little Miss Sunshine, thank you for stepping up and joining the big leagues. I'm so happy you're here today. Aw, thanks for inviting me. It was fun. It was lots of fun. And Miss Bo Peep, I'm glad you were here. I'm glad your now-developed brain was here. Oh, me too. Yes. And thank you, Sarah. This was really helpful information. And misdemeanor, it's been a minute, but I'm so glad you were here. You were the perfect person to have here for this. Me too. I missed you. Thank you, Sarah, for all the information. That was a lot, but I loved it. 
That was great. <laughs> and last but not least, my brother in arms, Count, I'm so glad you were here. I appreciate it. The countdown is on. We're almost done with this year, and this was a great, great episode. This was lots of fun. I I feel a lot better with it. All right, my friends, everyone out there, make sure you're taking care of your mental health. I know the school year is wrapping up. If you're in a toxic school, I promise you can find a job somewhere else. Every district across the nation right now is hiring. You want to live in a legal state? Now's a good time to go look at, you know, getting certified and moving because they will do it in a heartbeat. Go jump. And also remember that mental health care is covered by most educational insurance plans. So if you're feeling kind of down or stressed out, Go look into therapy. Check your health plan. You can get a teledoc. There's all so many options. And there's also these great plants you can try to help, you know, relax. We're just saying. All right, everyone out there, take care of yourselves. Join the Patreon. Do our step bet, blah, blah, blah. Deep breaths, deep drinks. Cheers, everybody. Woohoo! Yay! Yay! Cheers! Cheers. Salud, salud. All right, friends, thanks for joining us for another special edition of Teacher Needs a Drink podcast. I'd like to give a shout out to my very special hostess, Sarah Rose. If you have any questions for Sarah Rose or would like to learn more about her or contact her or get some more of her consulting abilities, she's amazing. Go to Sarah with an H, sarahrosebotanicals.com. All of her info is going to be in the description for this episode, so please check it out because she is amazing. I'd also like to all my hosts who are with me today. I had Little Miss Sunshine. I had Miss Demeanor. I had Miss Bo I had count. I mean, it was just a great episode. I hope you guys learned a lot. I hope there was some good takeaways in there. I, 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 I'm a fan. And so I wanted to share it with the world. And, you know, now that I have, you know, this beautiful alias to help me, I'll do it. But anyway, out there, people, uh, please, we've got our step bet coming up. Sign up for the step bet. Download the step bet app. Use the code teach 22 and you will find the step bet. Was it teach 22 or teacher 22? Teach 22 will help find our step bet and we have a low price to get into it we don't make any money off of it but if you beat your bet you get money so it's a pretty good thing come sign up we also got ludlam dramatics go sponsor them and help them we've got our movie watch party of days to confuse for all of the patreons on may 27th so my friends we got a lot going on but the school year's wrapping up it's gonna be awesome all right my friends take care space panties <laughs>